Hello there, my name is Brad and we are Grace Teaching today. Make sure to join us at Quality of Life Grace Teaching Ministries for more free Grace Teaching. We're over on Facebook if you're there. Come on over and just join today. And we would love to encourage you there. Remember you're the most important person there and here because without you we cannot teach and we learn so we can teach. We teach so we can learn. Everyone is searching for true happiness. Don't you agree? Maybe you are. I like this quote from Bridget Nicole. She says, One thing I've learned in my life is that the grass is not always greener on the other side. Many people want to move away and start a new life in search of happiness. But if you leave with a broken heart or a mind, with a mind that is hardened, you will be taking those problems with you to your new destination. Happiness is not a new city, a new home, or a new backyard with hopes of greener grass. Happiness is something you must find right in your very own backyard, in your own heart. You know, it it reminded me of uh, Solomon's folly, Solomon's lack of good sense, Solomon's foolishness in Ecclesiastes. You know, he denied himself nothing under the sun for pleasure and happiness. If you take a look at that in Ecclesiastes and read the first couple of chapters, you're going to see there that he took advantage of everything this world had to offer for pleasure, for happiness. That's all he was looking for is happiness his whole life. And he denied himself nothing. He took he, he saw every external thing, and he, he says, you know what, i got to have that, and I, that'll make me happy. And you know, at the end of his journey, after pulling in everything he had in the external to pull in for happiness, he says it was all meaningless. It was like chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. You see there? He went after everything, kind of like a lot of us did. I did this for 34 years before Christ. I went after circumstances and situations and people and uh, just stuff, thinking, you know what, if I had this or that or this person in my life, I would be happy, you see. You see the problem with that? So happiness is based on circumstances, happenings. Like like for an example, you know, before Christ, if, if all my happenings were good, then I was going to be happy that day. But if all my happenings, meaning my circumstances, were bad, then I was going to have a bad day. You see how that works? But joy, on the other hand, is a whole different ballgame. Joy, having joy includes feeling good cheer and a vibrant happiness. But joy, in its fuller, Spiritual meaning of expressing God's goodness involves more. It's a deep-rooted, inspired happiness. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, the Greek word for joy is chara, and its meaning is the awareness of God's grace. So just having the awareness of God's grace, we can experience God's goodness. His divine inspired happiness, a vibrant happiness, okay? And so, what is God's grace? God's grace, folks, is simply Jesus Christ. That's it. 
What did Jesus Christ do for us? He died for us, didn't he? He died for us. He took away our sins. He made us holy. He cleaned us up at the cross. We were dirty. He was clean. But when he went to a cross, he became dirty and we became clean. You see, that's what he did for us. What does he do now in us? See, he also gave us his life. We needed life. We were spiritually dead, separated from God. But at the moment of our conversion, we, may, we were made alive in him. So what does he do in us? Well, he gives us life and peace. You see there? And joy. His presence is our joy. What does he do through us? He gives us joy to others through us. You see, we're so filled with his love and joy that we can't help but to give it to others. You see how that works? So knowing and understanding and practicing his presence will enable us to experience joy on a moment-by-moment basis. Okay? Jesus said this in John 15, 11. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see, if we're in him, our joy has been made complete. Jesus gave us a need for dependency on him. In John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abide in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, so we live in him. That's what it means to abide in him. It's not a work. It's just a place we live. We live in him. He lives in us. You see, and so the need for dependency on him as our life to produce joy is going to be vital because he's saying he's the only one that can produce this. That's why he lives in us for the purpose of living through us. You see, he not only wants us to experience joy, but he wants others to experience joy that we come in contact with, you see. But we can't give away something we don't have. So John 15, excuse me, Galatians 5.22 is going to speak of this character of Christ, which is the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. That's one of the, one of the characters of Christ that he wants to produce through us is joy. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Okay, so what is, <clears throat> let's, let's get to know what God's grace is and understand what God's full grace is. Um, you've heard there's many facets to God's grace, but it all begins with Jesus Christ, like we mentioned. So <clears throat> when we look at grace, what is grace? When we're teaching grace, what we want to take a look at is what he did for us, who we are in him, and, uh, and how we are viewed by the Father, and now what is he doing through us. And we want to take a look at forgiveness. For the, you know, this is why Jesus gave his life for us, first of all. In Ephesians 1, 7, it talks about new covenant forgiveness, folks. Remember, new covenant forgiveness was unconditional and final based entirely on what Jesus Christ did for us. So our past, present, and future sins have been forgiven. 
as we're going to see in Ephesians 1, 7. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. Take a look at that for yourself. It's in the past tense, meaning our sins have been forgiven. You see that there? Very important to take a look at that. Now, in him, we were made alive. Ephesians 2.1 in the Amplified Version says, You he made alive when you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You see, before Christ, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. We were dead in sin, but now we're alive in Christ. It was an exchange. The third one is justified. Justified means to be right with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right with God, or justified, <clears throat> by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. You see that there? When we approach our Heavenly Father, He sees us in a right standing. We're always okay with Him. So don't listen to the enemy say, you know, if I ask for forgiveness, I can be right with God again. No, Past tense, we are forgiven. In Christ, we are right with God all the time. You see, when we start agreeing with God and we get the revelation of that, all of a sudden, we're going to have joy. We're going to be experiencing extreme happiness. Good deeds is the next one. Good deeds. Titus 2.14 tells us he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed now to doing good deeds. So he's freed us from sin, from addictions, behaviors, from old desires. He's given us new desires now, new appetites. Now, by grace, we are totally committed to do good deeds. Not because we have to, but because we want to, you see. Remember, Philippians 2.13 says, It's God in you now, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. You see, so He has given us those desires to produce good deeds, but He also is the power to produce those good deeds through us, you see. And of course, don't forget about power and weakness. You know, there are no strong men. There are only weak men who have a strong God. We have power available for us in our weakness. The Lord spoke to the Apostle Paul about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. He says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected through weakness. Paul replies, I will boast. I will boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can flow through me. You see? Which, <clears throat> living godly lives. You know, the grace of God is, is to live a godly life. You see? Titus 2, 11 and 12 tells us this, The grace of God has appeared, teaching all men that they should deny ungodliness and to live upright, godly lives in the last days. Christ died for us so he could give his life to us, so he could transmit his life through us. And what he wants to do, the grace of God teaches us to live godly lives. And that's something he wants to do through us. But he wants us to participate with him in this because whoever's joined to the Lord is one with him in spirit. Okay, 
So saved, of course, saved is the last one we wanted to talk about. We are saved by grace through faith and not of works. It's a gift from God, Ephesians 2.8. You see, we were saved from a lot of stuff. We were saved from spiritual or separation from God, you see. And so we were saved. Now we're connected back to him by grace through faith, not of works. It's a gift. So how do you grow in grace and uh, spiritual growth? We wanted to talk a little bit, and I'll keep this short, but growing in grace and spiritual growth are t- two totally different things. First of all, to grow in grace is we get to know Christ better. That's how we grow in grace. We just get to know him better. Paul said, my determined purpose was that I may become more intimately acquainted with him. Notice he didn't say, I want to know more about him. No, he, he, wants, he wants to know him. And so that's how we grow in grace. As we get to know Christ, and remember, we are one with him in spirit. And so he's always close. We're clean, you see. And so we're always, we have that hope of him saying, I'm always with you. No matter what we go through in this world, he is always with us. And so one thing neat about hanging out with the Lord by yourself is you become like him. Have you ever noticed you become like people? You start to look like the people you hang out with the most. And so as we, get to, as we hang out with the Lord Jesus and get to know him, we become like him. You see, that's how we grow in grace. But how about spiritual growth? Spiritual growth is just receiving the revelation of what we've always had in Christ. It's receiving the revelation of the grace of God that we already have. You see? So when you think about it, the grace of God is Jesus Christ. That is our joy. That is the secret. Just the awareness of his presence with us all day long is our joy. So we are forgiven by grace through faith. We are made alive by grace through faith. We are justified, meaning right with God now by grace through faith. Good deeds are produced through us by grace through faith. Power is perfected through our weakness by grace through faith. Living godly lives today is going to be produced by grace through faith. And we're saved by grace through faith. You see that? And so when we, when we grow in grace, it's, it's like Peter said, 2 Peter 3.18, the first part of that verse, I'm reading from the NIRV version. Grace, grow in grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and get to know him better. And so I like that translation because it really pulls out the context of how to grow in grace. It's to get to know him better. Okay, so we wanted to thank you for uh, letting us be an encouragement to you. Remember, everyone is searching for true happiness, and it's not found in the external because Satan is the god of the external. We're living from the inside out, not the outside in. See, true happiness is found in Christ inside out, not outside in. God bless.